Direct from Cape Gun Works in Hyannis, you're listening to Rapid Fire Radio with your host, Toby Leary. I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed... It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. And welcome, everybody, to Rapid Fire, your 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. So make sure you tune in each week. You can go to rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation. And now you can call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508 444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And remember to like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks at all of the usual suspects, except for Instagram. We are at CGW underscore backup, which is a really boring account name. I'd rather just have Cape Gunworks, but... We were deplatformed in Zuckerberg a few months ago, and it doesn't look like we'll be getting that back anytime soon. So if you want to join us on Instagram, it's CGW underscore backup. All right. Well, we're off for another uh, week of edition of Rapid Fire, and there's a lot to talk about um, in gun world. Uh, hopefully you guys are uh, enjoying the show, and if you are, if you would take the time to like and subscribe and comment, and more importantly, share, 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 because we don't get anywhere organically. It only happens through, I'm sorry, we only get places organically. We don't have any way of paying to promote um, our account. Uh, there's no way for us to you know, uh, promote it through Instagram or Facebook or um, Twitter, you can't pay to uh, have your post pushed out there to a a larger audience. So basically, only those who like and subscribe to our platform see our content. And usually when you like and subscribe to somebody's content and you, you know, comment on it or you say something on there, it'll show up on your feed. Well, unfortunately, they keep good people down because they don't like the message of freedom being spread far and wide. So big tech has their foot on our neck and keeps us down. So we only grow when people like and subscribe. That's it. That's it. So if you share our post, that will greatly help. And liking and subscribing helps us defeat the evil algorithm. So anyway, we're going to get to your questions. So if you want to jump on the chat um, or tune in or call, you can call 508-444-2120 and uh, we would be happy to get to your questions. So um, anyway, let's get to some of the news of the day. Uh, You know, last week's show was a very action-packed show. We had a couple of guests on. This week's show, we're going to try and dive into some of the nuance of what's actually going on in, in gun world. So Um, 
we get questions all the time about legalities. We get questions about, you know, how to act as far as interaction when you're applying for your license and um, how does the Bruin decision affect us and blah, blah, blah. So we're going to really do a deeper dive than normally as we get into a lot of that. Um, but one of the things that broke uh, on 713 was the Firearms Policy Coalition filed a lawsuit against New York gun control laws and the assault weapons ban. So right after the Bruin decision came down from SCOTUS, they uh, scrambled to make sure that they could be as restrictive as possible. And they have really doubled down on their uh, efforts to um, to restrict your right to keep and bear arms. So they've acquiesced that they don't have a right to deny you outright if you're not a prohibited person. So they now have a shall issue um, situation, even though they're making it extremely difficult. They're, they're coming out with a bunch of new uh, training requirements that isn't even written yet. So they're telling uh, the state police, Bruin, the co- captain of the state police, is going to come out with this new training scheme and curriculum. And so they're putting all of gun license issuance on hold until this is done, and they assume it'll take till next April. So it's about seven months that they're going to be working on this new uh, shall-issue scheme. So if you're an uh, if you're a person applying for your license, you'll have to wait, it, it appears, seven months for the new curriculum to be written and then implemented and rolled out to all the instructors and then the certificates given and then the process for the intake from sheriffs and police departments, et cetera. So um, if that doesn't restrict your rights under Heller and under um, Bruin, I don't know what does. So that's separate, by the way, of the lawsuit that the Firearms Policy Coalition um, has uh, filed lawsuit. Maybe they'll bring that in um, to the lawsuit as it's written. But uh, there are gun control laws and the assault weapons, weapons ban. And this is pretty cool. They they wrote in their lawsuit that there is no constitutionally relevant difference between a semi-automatic handgun, shotgun, and rifle, the brief explains. While some exterior physical attributes may differ, wood versus metal and furniture and number of or location of grips, having a bare muzzle versus having a muzzle device, different barrel lengths, etc., they are all relevant respects, all in relevant respects the same. Uh, so... We got to stay tuned to that. And by the way, support Firearms Policy Coalition, which is doing a phenomenal job in keeping uh, lawsuits going in restrictive states. So I'm very happy to see that. And uh, they're doing a phenomenal job there. Once again, we mentioned it last week about um, how the a lower court in New York City has vacated one of their own decisions and remanded it back to the district court um, on a person who was uh, trying to obtain a premises license for uh, self-defense. He was not a prohibited person, and they denied him his license. So um, that stay tuned for that as well. Um, that's an interesting case to kind of watch. And as you see, so much of this surrounds um, 
New York, but we're also looking at you, California and Massachusetts and Maryland and New Jersey, all the other states that have a quite a restrictive scheme in place for um, for uh, you know licensing requirements. Uh, I think all of them will ultimately be found unconstitutional, and I would love to see somebody challenge the selling of a license in order to exercise your right. Uh, with that Murdoch versus Pennsylvania case from 1943, I don't see how they can continue to, um, you know, charge a fee or sell a license for just, you know, being for exercise of your Second Amendment right. Uh, so there's that, even though Gorsuch and, uh, I'm sorry, not Gorsuch, but Kavanaugh said that the states can still impose licensing requirements for carrying a handgun for self-defense, which is opening Pandora's box for states like New York to really redo their whole um, their whole scheme to be even more restrictive than it was while yet still saying that they are a shall-issue state now and they're complying with the laws, which nothing could be further from the truth. Anyway, um, we'll talk about more about that as, it, as the uh, show wears on. We're going to break, but you should go to rapidfireradio.us and check out the latest rapid-fire gear. Show your pro 2A by wearing a rapid-fire shirt, hat, or flag and go to rapidfireradio.us and click on rapid fire gear get rapid fire gear we'll be right back after this don't go away this is rapid fire Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Federal ammunition is 100. This is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's Federal Ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal Ammunition, a century of innovation. And we're only getting started. The highest caliber talk show. This is Rapid Fire Radio. And welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Uh, we're glad you're here, and hopefully, if you have any questions, you'll drop us a line on the Rapid Fire line, which is 508-444-2120. 508-444-2120. And we'd love to have you. So um, give us a call, and if we don't get to your question this week, we'll definitely do it next week. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, before the break, we were talking about, you know, all the lawsuits that are going to be coming up and also the guidance as we move forward with the Bruin decision and how 
states are rushing to pass more gun control and more strict training requirements. One of the things that New York is actually doing is they want access to your social media uh, before they'll issue you a concealed carry license. Um, imagine that, like if you wanted to go, you know, exercise your right to vote, or if you wanted to, um, you know, exercise your, uh, right to go to church or something, they say, ah, sorry about that. You're going to have to show us your social media accounts before we'll let you in the door before we'll let you do that. Um, that'd be ridiculous. (laughs) That'd be ridiculous. Would it, would it not? Um, but yet, when it comes to guns, we like to treat it like the uh, second-class right that they think it is, and uh, even though it's not. So let's see how it uh, let's see how it goes. But tell us what you think. Call or text five zero eight four 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 twenty one twenty. So one of the interesting things that has come out in the last couple of days too is John uh, Cornyn says that. Um, and I'm sure this is after taking a severe licking uh, from constituents, that he is no more gun control. He will not be signing on or sponsoring any more gun control. Um, And so already, like, I remember talking about this right after that um, gun control bill was signed into law by President Biden, that they were high-fiving and saying, we're just getting started. Well, that might not be so possible without the likes of John Corrin uh, or maybe some of the other players that signed on. I think it was 14 senators signed on to that bill from the Republican side of the House. And now it appears that they're going to lose all support in future gun control. So um, this is from, I believe it was from Ammo Land, uh, but... uh, John Cornyn says no more already. Some are calling for still more gun control, including president Joe Biden, which he uh, said yesterday or, or, you know, last week or whatever that he will not stop till they have passed another assault weapons ban and magazine restriction ban. Uh, But anyway, it, it goes on to say, however, the GOP ringleader for those talks warns gun grabbers not to get their hopes up. Senator John Cornyn uh, of Texas, the lead Republican negotiator of the gun safety bill that President Biden signed into law last month, is shutting the door on additional negotiations of other proposals to limit the availability availability of assault weapons or expand background checks. Cornyn, who has taken some fire from the right because of his role in negotiating the law, said he's not going to engage in a new round of gun control talks in the wake of the mass shooting in Highland Park. Illinois on July 4th. Nope, we're done, Cornyn said when asked whether Republicans would negotiate with Democrats on limiting access to assault-style rifles or other gun control reforms. Cornyn also made a statement after Biden renewed his call for an assault weapons ban during an event Monday at the White House. But Cornyn on Tuesday poured cold water on hopes that Congress might pass additional gun control legislation this year. It seemed to me to be yesterday the president talked about everything they wanted, but they didn't get in the bill, he said. But the sort of things he was calling for don't have the support in the Senate or in the Congress on a bipartisan basis. In other words, they can't get done. So it sounds like future gun control is DOA, according to John Cornyn. And hopefully you guys, uh, if anyone in Texas is a constituent of his, 
they'll hold his feet to the fire. And also the other 13 senators and 15 uh, Republican representatives that voted for it, you'd hold their feet to the fire as well. And, you know, as bad as the bill was, um, they didn't get anything of great substance in there, especially when you consider that 19 states are already red flag states. Um, and then they're offering dollars to the rest of the states to in- institute an, a red flag law. Um, but, you know, it, it didn't really move the needle a huge amount as far as, you know, any particular restriction on what guns you could carry or, you know, magazine restrictions or anything like that, because they know that wouldn't have gone anywhere. Am I happy about what did pass? No, it's just another chink in the wall, if you will, or another uh, brick in the wall or chink in the armor. If I (laughs) want to merge two, uh, uh, you know, sayings together. But anyway, um, the bottom line is any infringement is an, an infringement. Any new law is an infringement and further sets us back. Um, so I, I would hate to see any, you know, the, the chains move down the field any further after huge wins from the Bruin decision. So we'll see how that goes. Um, they're going to not stop for sure. And they think they can get it done on their own volition, but they definitely can't. Something that I really want to point out here is the FBI have arrested a Florida man for a short-barreled rifle, which really uh, showcases the absurdity of the NFA. All right, I'm going to walk you through this. Um, There's a man in Florida, in St. Cloud, Florida, named Mejia, a former police dispatcher who's never been arrested in his life until he unknowingly invited an FBI informant to shoot steel plates on his five-acre property near St. Cloud, Florida. Erica D. Shaw is the special agent in charge for the FBI, and she was responsible for Mejia's case. And get this, um, his arrest and ultimately his time behind bars, uh, she has been assigned to the Joint Terrorism Task Force, of the FBI's Tampa division. So what in the world is the director of the FBI joint terrorism task force doing, going after a guy for a victimless crime of a short barreled rifle. So anyway, let's read on. This is the confidential human, uh, informant and, uh, Mejia talking because he had, uh, audio and video recording devices on his body. They did a whole undercover sting operation on this guy. So here's uh, Mejia. He says, and to get an SBR, you need a tax stamp, the same kind of tax stamp that you need for a suppressor. Confidential informant. Okay, Uh, Mejia. So if I already have a suppressor, why pay the government 200 extra dollars just to put pieces of metal together? So in other words, what he's telling this guy is he already had been through the NFA process twice for two suppressors and paid $400 in tax stamps. He had a uh, a CZ Scorpion Evo pistol, and he bought an aftermarket stock for it, and I guess he put it on on his own property and was shooting in his backyard at plates, and he told this guy the legal ramifications of it. So he knowingly broke the law here, and he was saying just by putting a stock to a pistol, they want 200 bucks. They got their hands out. So the confidential informant 
informant said, oh, to add a stamp on it, gotcha. And Mejia, yeah, it's, it's like I'm not a criminal. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I'm not a criminal. Like, I've, I have my concealed carry permit. I can buy guns any day of the week. And the guy goes, uh-huh. And I have a suppressor. It's just like I can put metal together, right? The guy says, right. But don't say that too loud because if you travel with that and it's like you don't have a stamp, then it's like a big deal. So, And the confidential informant says, so let's say you want to travel with it. You have to take the... Uh, well, here's the thing. Nobody's going to ask you for a stamp, like a supp- like a suppressor or something, if you have a bump in your bag with a suppressor. I think he was saying if you have the stock on a on your gun with the suppressor, they're going to assume you have a stamp for that as well. Uh, therefore, based on the aforementioned, I submit that probable cause exists. This is Shaw writing to believe that Mahia has committed a violation of 26 U.S. Section Code 58561D, possession of an unregistered firearm, Shaw wrote in the complaint. Mahia was arrested on March 23, 2021, and released on a pretrial supervision three months later. Here's what they said at his sentencing hearing on July 5, 2022. Mr. Mahia is 28 with no prior arrest nor charges of any kind. He was in possession of a firearm without registering it, but there is no indication he is involved in any other criminal activity or wrongdoing. He is now labeled a felon because of his plea in this case and will have to live with that forever. We do not believe prison will help society or deter others from committing a major um, uh, committing a, this sort of crime in the future. This entire experience has been a major wake-up call for Mr. Mejia and how strictly enforced this law is. He will never be able to possess a firearm again because of this conviction. He has been out on release for over a year and following all conditions placed upon him. We do not believe sending him to prison is going to benefit anyone in any case like this and therefore are asking the court to sentence Mr. Mejia to a period of probation, his attorney argued. Well, guess what? The court disagreed. U.S. State District Judge Carlos E. Mendoza sentenced Mejia to 21 months, almost two years in federal prison. This is a victimless crime. After all, who was harmed? And this case certainly doesn't merit secret informants, covert video and auto audio recorders, agents from the FBI and the ATF who are on the Joint Terrorism Task Force uh, to war. Uh, seize his property, his computers, and a lifelong felony uh, record for a good kid who just likes to shoot plates in the safety of his own private range. It's an article by Emma Land by Lee Williams. Check it out. It is unbelievably unbelievable, and we'll talk about that as well later. We want to thank you for listening to Rapid Fire, so we're going to use last week's code again this week because it's been so popular. Use trigger at checkout at kategunworks.com to get your very special discount on your online order. And by the way, we have slashed all ammo prices. So go to capegunworks.com and use the code TRIGGER to get your special discount today. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect. 
no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong. And Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. The highest caliber talk show. This is Rapid Fire Radio. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I want to thank you for listening each week to the only show around. That's all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Don't forget, you can call the Rapid Fire Line, 508-444-2120, any time of the day or night. Please include your first name, location, and your question to 508-444-2120. And if we don't answer your question this week, stay tuned next week, because we'll get to it, I promise. Call or text 508-444-2120, the Rapid Fire Line. So before the break, we were talking about um, this man in Florida who got you know, roped up by the FBI who's in charge of uh, counterterrorism as if this guy is a, uh, you know, a sleeper cell for Al-Qaeda or something. And uh, his crime was putting a stock onto a pistol. It's a $200 tax stamp and a bunch of, a whole bunch of government regulations. The irony is, if you look at the same gun with a pistol brace on it, you can do the exact same thing. I don't know why the guy didn't just put the pistol brace on it, um, but instead he wanted to put a stock, and therefore he's suffering the consequences. But if you read the whole article on Ammo Land, it's a very in-depth article, and you'll see the length and breadth that the FBI will go to to really wrap up a guy like that in a totally victimless crime. And, you know, they have this uh, special um, uh, kind of board or this task force set up um, that is designed to keep neighborhoods safe, right? It's a uh, kind of a neighborhood safety watchdog group or whatever. And they have the, uh, the FBI involved, obviously, uh, because they want to, um, you know, keep people safe and it's called uh project safe neighborhoods and uh so if you think that 
you just made your neighborhood safer by arresting a otherwise lawfully abiding citizen and a good guy who used to be a police dispatcher who was well respected at his job and um you know you think that it should be a good use of the u.s attorney's office funds to you know have surreptitious surveillance to have confidential informants to have um audio and video and multiple um, monitoring and engagement of this guy all over a $200 tax. And some of you might not even realize that Waco was the, the whole thing that kicked off Waco was because the guys at the Branch Davidians there had something at the time called the Hellfire Trigger. It's kind of the predecessor to the bump stock or predecessor to a binary trigger or a, uh, you know, the tack on trigger or the, uh, forced reset trigger. This was like, you know, early nineties technology. And it was basically a bump fire trigger, uh, but it was called the hellfire trigger. And he had one of those. And so people had reported hearing, uh, full auto gunfire. And so somebody called the ATF or called the FBI or whoever and said, um, hey, I think they have machine guns down there. And they did a research of, you know, to see if any tax stamps were paid. And sure enough, there were no taxes paid on a, for a machine gun. And so that's what caused them to engage with the Branch Davidians was the fact that they suspected he had a machine gun that he wasn't paying a $200 tax on. Um, and, you know, we all know how that played out. So here's another fast forward. This one ended a whole lot more peaceably. Um, a guy in Florida with a, oh, and, and actually Randy Weaver. The whole situation with Randy Weaver uh, was because they had basically entrapped him into cutting the barrel of a shotgun down less than 18 inches. And I think it was within a half an inch. And the the guy the undercover agent was trying to get him to to cut the barrel down under 18 inches just so that they'd have him uh something to bust him on and so you know when he fi- he originally didn't want to do it he's like no you got to be at 18 and the guy's like what's the difference it's a half an inch and the guy you know must have gone through the IBM school of sales and finally got Randy Weaver to capitulate and he cut the barrel down less than a half an inch uh, different from under 18 inches. And all of a sudden, you know, it's worth it to bring down Lon Harayuchi and the whole uh, hostage rescue team and the snipers and the task force and the SWAT and helicopters and, you know, shoot the dog, shoot the boy in the back and shoot the mother holding the baby in her arms in the face and, uh, you know, have this huge standoff over a barrel being a half inch too short. You know, again, a victimless crime. And fascinating. And so, you know, here we have a similar situation with this guy in Florida. Um, and you know what? All it does is prove that the NFA is an overreaching, uh, failed gun control act that is only affecting law abiding citizens. Um, I would love to see then put that much effort and energy and money and resources and task force and 
FBI personnel into rounding up the guys dealing fentanyl-laced heroin and uh, drugs on our street corners that are taking hundreds of people a week, if not, you know, thousands of people a year, Uh, hundreds of thousands of people probably over the past, you know, few years. And I I was talking to uh, Nurse Dan, who's running for uh, state, office here in Massachusetts and he's he's a emergency room uh, nurse and he said we get you know dozens of people that come in on a daily weekly basis with fentanyl overdose and uh, you know if we could just get a handle on that we would save a lot of lives but yet in a lot of cities they want to give out needles they want to give you safe uh, injection sites. They want to put needle disposal bins in Starbucks bathrooms, which they did uh, six or seven years ago. They want to remove the stigmatism, put up signs that say it empowers you to shoot up and, you know, trying to eliminate the, the uh, stigma. And then um, in some extreme situations, they want to uh, make fentanyl legal. They want to decriminalize fentanyl so that, you know, they can uh, take away that stigmatism around it. And guess what's happening? In six cities, they're actually closing down Starbucks restaurants now because of the amount of people that are overdosing in their bathrooms since they've put these needle disposals in the in the bathrooms, they have homeless people and drug addicts going into their bathrooms as a quote unquote safe injection site. And then uh, it's it, they're getting overrun with uh, people who are using their bathrooms to, to shoot up and dispose their needles, etc. And in some cases, they hand out kits, you know, with all the, the needle and the and the rubber bands to hold off your uh, your veins, if you will, or whatever. And uh you know, rubber gloves and the whole starter kit, the drug overdose starter kit. They give you a Narcan, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, that's what they're doing, but yet they're torturing people like this guy, Mejia, down in uh, Florida, who attach a stock instead of a pistol brace to their uh, pistol. And, you know, I just think it's totally crazy. It's totally insane, um, but that's what's going on in this world. We're we're uh, throwing the book at good people, and we're you know decriminalizing fentanyl in some of our inner cities. But I know we could do a whole show on that topic, and I'm not trying to mix apples and oranges here. But I am trying to say, point out what are we actually accomplishing by taking Mister Mejia and and robbing him of two years of his life and making him a career. Uh, fel- a lifetime felon that can never possess a firearm again. No prior arrests. It's it's just ridiculous. Um, so, you know, hopefully people are starting to wake up and realize that, uh, you know, the ATF and the NFA branch of the ATF have kind of worn their welcome out. And now it's just a uh, exercise in justifying their existence behind a desk. Um, everything that they do could be done with far less regulation and regulatory oversight. You already have other 
uh, agencies that are around for the enforcement of criminal activity. And if you want to, you know, regulate gun shops, you could do it very, very easily in a, in a way that could eliminate an entire uh, branch of government. But what do you guys think about that? Am I off my rocker as usual, or am I hovering over the target? 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. Uh, let's get to a couple of the questions on the chat. Um, will the new SCOTUS decision abolish the Attorney General's approved handgun roster? Uh, I think eventually, because... What does the SCOTUS ruling do that's really, really, really important? It establishes the criteria that any gun confiscation scheme, I'm just using that in lieu of gun control. I think it, it, it explains better what they're actually trying to do. So any gun confiscation scheme uh, has to be filtered through the way that the Bruin decision was ruled on, which is strict scrutiny in text, history, or tradition. So is there a history or tradition, or is it in the original text of the Second Amendment um, that you can tell people what gun they can and can't own? Absolutely not. Also, Heller went on to expound that people should be able to buy what is common and ordinary. Whatever is common and ordinary is what the people say they want, not what the, not what the government tells you you can have. Okay, so that's the big distinction. The Second Amendment limits the government's reach into our rights. All the amendments do. It establishes a limit of government. It does not establish a limit of what your rights are. So that's something that most people get confused on. They think government grants our rights. But no, read the Bill of Rights. Read the Constitution. It recognizes these basic human rights are endowed by our Creator. And they are unalienable. They're inalienable. You cannot attach. You cannot append you cannot impede you cannot put roadblocks in front of these rights and it further goes on to say as far as the second amendment is concerned shall not be infringed so is the attorney general's regulations is the massachusetts approved weapons roster an infringement oh heck yes it is so it's going to take some time and it's going to take money and it's going to take a fight but we will gain our rights back. Um, that's the way I see it. I'm pitching balls and strike. I'm calling balls and strikes here. <laughs> Go to Rapid Fire. Sw- get some Rapid Fire swag at rapidfireradio.us and click on Get Rapid Fire Gear. You want to be wearing this at the next cookout or birthday party or uh, teacher's conference or whatever and show people that you support the Second Amendment. Rapidfireradio.us. Click on Get Gear. We'll be back after this. This is Rapid Fire. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA 
to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And we're going to jump right back into your questions here. Um, so from the chat line, we have Evan from Yarmouth, and he asks, and this goes right along with that story about uh, that guy, Mejia, down in Florida. Uh, what is the difference between building a fixed mag pistol AR versus building a fixed mag AR-15 that is an SBR? What is the process for each one, and is one direction better than the other? And yeah, you know, I would say 100% build a fixed mag pistol uh, because you don't have to pay the $200 tax stamp and have over regulation on you for if you want to leave the state with it. And it is functionally the same exact thing. I know we're going to get some guidance on whether or not pistol braces will be, uh, you know, regulated or banned and if there's some Mr. Wizard formula about what you got to do to the gun to make sure it's eligible to have a pistol brace attached to it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but at the moment, I would just build a fixed mag pistol so you don't have to build a fixed mag AR-15 uh, SBR and file a $200 tax stamp. And so everyone out in free country, United States, that doesn't live behind the Iron Curtain is wondering, what the heck I'm talking about? What in God's green earth is a fixed mag AR-15? Well, I hate to tell you, but it's exactly the same. It's exactly that. It's a gun that the magazine is fixed into the gun, um, an AR-15 where the mag will not detach. And so there's a couple companies like Bear Flag Defense and Mean Arms, which make these uh, loaders that go into the ejection port, and they top load your magazine with 10 rounds. I did a video on... YouTube, which actually is our, I think it's still our number one video. It got well over a million views about, you know, having a AR-15 in Massachusetts that's legal. And it's the only way to get a legal AR-15 if if you um, want to stay compliant. So um, basically the, the, way it, the way it works is... Um, you buy a fixed mag lower because we can't sell a complete fixed mag gun, which goes back to the last question of the before the break of the uh, Massachusetts um, approved weapons roster. So because no one's tested a fixed mag AR for sale in Massachusetts, um, and no one ever will. It's you got to build it yourself, but it's very easy to do that. So you can buy a complete lower or a, uh, stripped fixed mag lower and build your own. Uh, you know, it depends how much work you want to do to it. 
Um, and then you just buy like an SBR upper and you pop it on and it's a pistol. Um, you just register it as such with the Massachusetts gun transaction portal. And because it has a fixed magazine, it can't meet the definition of an assault weapon because assault weapon, one of the major uh, evil features that make it an assault weapon is the detachable magazine. So the irony is you can have all the other quote unquote evil features. You can make the uh, pistol brace have an adjustable stocky thing, even though it's a pistol brace, but it can be adjustable. You can have a threaded muzzle device. You can have a flash hider. You can have a bayonet lug. You could make the uh, pistol brace fold. Um, it can have uh, a pistol grip. So the only thing it can't have is a detachable magazine. And I know this is really stupid, but that is the way it's done right now. And obviously, if the law ever changes, you can make it into a detachable mag gun. So if you don't have a pre-ban or you don't have a gun already prior prior to the Healy decision, uh, the Healy edict, then that's the way to go to get around it if you still want a cool gun that's a good plinker and a fun gun, maybe even a hunting gun. One thing we've built for a ton of people who this will outline how ridiculous our, some of our hunting laws are too, is you can't hunt with any um, gun that's larger than 38 caliber casing. So at night with a pistol in Massachusetts. Um, so it's measured by the casing, not the diameter of the bullet, which is absolutely ridiculous. So if you have like a 350 Legend AR fixed mag pistol, you can hunt coyotes with it at night. But <laughs> you can't hunt with a, you know, 44 Magnum or something. But a 350 Legend AR pistol with a 14 and a half inch barrel, you're good to go. We'll talk about that on the other side, as crazy as it all sounds. We're headed for a break, but before we go, remember, you've got to go to capegunworks.com and use this week's special discount code TRIGGER, T-R-I-G-G-E-R. More after this. This is Rapid Fire. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. SnapSafe. Featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2,300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. Legal issues. Gear issues. Got a question for Toby? Go to capegunworks.com. And welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. 
508-444-2120 is the live phone number to call in to the show, or you can leave a message any time of the day or night, and you can also text us, 508-444-2120, when we're not broadcasting, and we please include your first name, location, and your question, and we will make every effort to get to your question. I promise, Scout's Honor, cross my heart, and all that good stuff. All right, so... Um, before the break, we were just talking about stupid gun laws. We could probably do a whole show on that someday. And uh, I don't know if anyone can verify this. Maybe someone who's good on the interwebs and Google and stuff. Uh, but we were talking about blue laws the other day with a couple of buddies. And uh, someone told me that there's a blue law still on the books in Rhode Island that when you come to an intersection, you have to get out and fire a shotgun blast into the air before traveling through the intersection. So uh, maybe you can check on that, uh, uh, Professor Claw, for me. And uh, that would be a cool one to check out. But anyway, there's all kinds of stupid laws on the books, right? And we were talking before the break about the hunting one, that you can't hunt with a um, pistol that's larger than 38 caliber cartridge case at night in Massachusetts. Um, and the other thing that's crazy is you can't use any artificial light to hunt at night with said 38 caliber case pistol or 22 caliber long rifle in a in a long gun. But you're allowed to hunt at night. You just can't use any light. So that leaves thermal imaging devices or night vision devices. But those are very expensive. If you're just hunting under the moonlight, which you're perfectly legally able to do, you you can't light up your game to make sure it's not the neighbor's dog before you pull the trigger thinking it's a coyote. You also can't use an infrared illuminator uh, because that's artificial light. So um, you're stuck with starlight scopes or some sort of night vision and, and with using whatever ambient light is uh, available and thermal imaging devices, which start at like, you know, thousands of dollars and go up from there. So but the reason I bring all this up is uh, getting back to the fixed mag AR. Um, I, it's a really cool way to hunt animals at night uh, that are legally able to be hunted with, um, you know, your 38 caliber cartridge or less. Um, but we're building fixed mag AR pistols in like 300 blackout or 5.56 or one guy already did one in 350 legend. And um, they're awesome for hunting at night because guess what? As long as it's a 14 and a half inch barrel without a pinned and welded break on it, um, then you're, it's a pistol. So you, you have plenty of Picatinny rail to mount your thermal imaging device and a scope or a red dot or, you know, whatever you want to do. And you have a uh, pistol brace on it. And now you can shoulder fire it. You can put a by a bipod on it for stability and uh it's a really good setup for uh coyote hunting at night it's semi-automatic so you get good follow-up shots or if there's multiple uh you know coyotes on your bait pile or something you might even be able to snag two or three in one setup and uh you know i i think it's an awesome workaround for stupid laws and the people who make these laws are are you know, equally stupid because they're, or ignorant, let's, let's call them ignorant, um, that they don't even understand basic firepower or gun, you know, anyway, um, 
fill in the blanks. You know what I'm talking about. You know the thing, man. So anyway, we're going to get back to your questions here. I've talked enough about fixed mag ARs, which Fake should, news. they should never have been a thing. A fixed mag AR-15 is something that should have never become a thing. But, uh, you know, uh, we have Yankee ingenuity at work. So you tell someone they can't have something, they're going to figure out a way to do it. And that's freedom, right? That's the way freedom is. Um, so let's see here. Uh, Jeff is wondering when we will see something definitive regarding the AG's 2016 enforcement notice. Um, I don't know when we will, but I definitely think we will. And it's right now the thing to watch is the Maryland case that was remanded back to the Court of Appeals by the Supreme Court uh, for the assault weapons ban in Maryland. Because once we see how that goes through, that gives us the roadmap. But I would actually like to not wait for that. Um, I'd love to see Firearms Policy Coalition or Gun Owners of America or the NRA or Gun Owners Action League goal or, um, you know, 2AO, one of those groups to really get involved in the fight here in Massachusetts and challenge the assault weapons ban under the new uh, Bruin decision. But um, it would be a whole starting process, but it could run simultaneously. It takes forever, so we might as well get the ball rolling the way I see it. And we can have our eye on Maryland at the same time. And as soon as that ruling comes through, and we could also get you know guidance and compare notes of the um, you know lawsuits in that place. But honestly, they could even not reopen those cases. They could just re-decide on it. Um, but I think they are going to have... Um, I know in some cases, some states, I think in California, have issued guidelines of, you know, you got to give us a whole new set of um, opinions on both sides, limiting them to, I think it's a thousand words or less, and uh, you got to do it in a certain amount of time. And then after that, they'll have a, you know, a, a follow-up to those challenges or um that's going to be 500 words or less. So, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff to watch and keep our eye on. But um, I do think we'll see something definitive eventually come down um, with the, you know, overturning that AG's enforcement notice. Because just on the premise of it, like for the people who don't live in Massachusetts and even for those who do, um, what we basically operate under is the 94 assault weapons ban that, uh, Joe Biden is trying to re reinvent here, reinvent the wheel on. And we that never went away in Massachusetts. We made it permanent in 1998. Uh, it's one of the things that we tout all the time and say, because of this, we keep our citizens safe here, even though we're the most violent state in the Northeast. Um, but, you know, no one's getting picked up off the streets with from uh, assault weapons, with quote-unquote assault weapons anyway. Even the Boston PD, when they stood behind the Attorney General and, and applauded her decision with this enforcement notice, they uh, they basically said, yeah, we don't find these on the streets with criminals, uh, but it's still going to make our streets safer because we're taking them off the streets. It's a solution in search of a problem. Uh, but man, oh man, that was the first segment of uh, Rapid Fire already in the bag, and I can't believe I was just getting warmed up. We'll talk more about this on the other side. So remember, the show ends here, but it goes on for another hour. So if you're hearing this on the radio, you want to catch the second hour, you got to go over to rapidfireradio.us. And remember the Rapid Fire line. Text or call your question in to 508-444-2120. 
We'll be taking lots of your questions in the second hour. And uh, freedom is always going to be on the right side of history. So stay tuned. God bless. We'll see you next time or see you on the other side. Uh, I'm Toby Leary, and this is Rapid Fire.